New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. (laughs) This morning I'm going to talk about the joy of the resurrected life. (laughs) Yes, it's good news. It's good news. Recently I heard it said that worry is imagining your future without God in it. <laughs> Which is not a good idea. And your body doesn't like it much either. But our imagination was made for faith. So that we could see things that haven't happened yet. (laughs) Oh, that's good. So I was thinking this morning, you know, I I have grown up in the church, and um, until I was 12, we went to a, a Methodist church. So, you know, there was something that you did on Easter morning, and there was a way that you dressed. And every once in a while... That little religious thing wants to raise its ugly head, you know, and I'm kind of freaking out. I'm preaching on Sunday, and oh, maybe I should go shopping and buy something new, you know. And then I, I was like, oh, let's worry about God showing up. <laughs> See, now there's the worrying with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. And God comes, and he comes in such power, I fall on the ground, I need to wear pants. <laughs> Oh, that's good. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm going to start in Romans 6. Romans 6, 3 through 5. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united within him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. You know, traditionally, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday morning. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the resurrection of you and I. That's right. It is. It is. That is awesome. We have a new life. We don't have an old life. Right. Whoever that was before, they're dead, they're gone. Buried. Absolutely. Buried. Buried. You know, the the world, we really need to grasp that we are new creation. A new creation, something that never was. Do you know, if you look up the Greek word for new, it means new. Isn't that something? A new creation, something that never existed before. And what did exist before is dead. 
All those people trying to crucify themselves every day, it's pointless because you're dead already. Right. <laughs> you're doing a lot of work for nothing. We have been crucified with Christ. Isn't that what the word tells us? Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body because the spirit because his spirit lives in you. And Paul talks about the fullness of God living in us. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like the fullness of God. You, you know, like he's pretty big. It says that when after he resurrected, right, he went... To hell. And he took the keys and he came back and he told them all authority. All authority. So all would mean all. That leaves none for the other side. So if you have all, the other side has zero. The only tool in his belt is to lie to you. That's it. All power and authority was given to Jesus, and he lives where? In us. You ever take that math class where you do if, this, then, if, you know, remember all that? So if the one who has all authority lives in me, what does that mean? Because I'm a co-heir. That's the same as. Co-heir. That means I don't get less than or more than. I get the same as. We are co-heirs with Christ. Oh, man, this stuff just makes me happy. (laughs) And we are going to get happy this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. The new is here. Man, that's good. The new is here. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. What is our new life? And what does it look like? I'm not going to tell you anything really earth-shattering here this morning. But I'm going to pray that you have an aha moment. I'm going to pray that as I'm speaking this morning, something in you goes, whoa, I get it. Not, you know, we mentally agree with a lot of stuff. But mental assent and belief are not the same thing. It's, It's not the same thing. Belief... What you really believe has fruit. And that fruit exhibits itself in your everyday life. 
Your fruit can't be fake. You don't, grow, you don't walk by living trees and find fake, fake fruit hanging on them. Oh, look at the plastic pear. How'd that get there? If there's a living tree, it has living fruit. And the fruit is really the result of your belief system. What do you really believe? And you know that we have the ability to intentionally believe truth. You're not a victim. You know, we in, in the American society, I can't speak for anybody else because this is where I live, but in the United States, there are lots of things that we just say, well, that's just who I am. That's how I was. That's how I'm born. I'm Irish. It's just how it is. <laughs> the, you know, the Italians. Oh, well, you know, he's Italian. Like, that's an explanation for anything. And we, we have things that we believe or things that we do, and we hang it on, well, that's how, it's just how it is. That's, you know, it's in my genetic tree. But guess what? You're a new creation with new DNA. God doesn't, like, leave anything left out. He said you're a new creation. He is truth. So he cannot lie. So there isn't anything about you that can't change. <laughs> That's good, too. You know, uh, I don't know, six months ago, I, I, um, I'm going to pivot off of, I was reminded a couple of weeks ago when Jeff spoke on hope. Oh, that was good. Wasn't that good? That just, like, wrecked me. It was so good. And I had heard Steve and Wendy Backland um, several months ago speak. And uh, he, he does this thing about let's just laugh at that, about laughing at lies. And he gets it from, you know, the scripture that talks about in Psalms where the Lord sits in heaven and he laughs. And when you read the context tense of that, it's the enemy trying to rise up and declare something about himself, and God just is like, <laughs> oh, that's just so sad. <laughs> and um, I was really, really touched by the, the word, the sermon, when I had heard it. And um, in fact, that was the one, it was called Let's Worry With God or something, which is where I had heard that first thought on worrying, but one of the things that he does is he says, you know, when the enemy lies to him, that he laughs at it. And I've been trying to do that in my own life because it's amazing how we hear these things in our head and we don't question where they come from. We just go with it, right? But, like, if you said it out loud, you'd be like, oh, that's, like, stupid. Right? Right? Really? 
Um, and, and, you, and what he says is, okay, you say this line, then let's just laugh at that. So let, we're going to practice that a little bit this morning. This is something I've actually been doing. And um, it is really, like, wrecking me in a really awesome way. It's just awesome. But think about things like, and then I'm gonna, I'll say the lie, and then we're all going to laugh. Okay? We're going to laugh together. I'm a failure. <laughs> we actually think these things. I will never be successful. <laughs> oh, that is so ridiculous. <laughs> I am never going to get out of debt. <laughs> And when you begin to laugh at the lie, it loses its power. When you laugh at the lie, it loses its power. And I begin to say some of the stuff I'm thinking in my head out loud, and you have to laugh because you're just like, oh, I can't even believe I'm believing this. But we believe lies every day. You know, one of the clues Wendy Backlund said, how one of the ways you know that you're being lied to is if it's not, if it's not uh, counseling you would give to someone else, it's probably not something you should believe about yourself. Right? I mean, you know, if you're sitting across from someone, would you tell them, oh, well, you're never going to, that's never going to work. <laughs> you might as well quit because it's never getting better. Right? I mean, we're never, you, you, don't, you don't say stuff like that to people. Oh, you're right. You are a failure. Oh, my goodness. Good luck with that. But we believe this stuff all the time. Right? And it's, I begin to say some of this stuff out loud that I'm thinking, even this week, you know, this is going to be a terrible sermon. <laughs> You're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> right? Oh, and here's another, here's another one we get lied about. Nobody likes you. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Here's one. We all need to laugh with this one. Laughter is of the devil. <laughs> oh, that is so not true. <laughs> oh. But we, we have the power to change what we believe and intentionally believe truth. We have power because if we didn't, the Lord wouldn't say that we're to take every thought captive under the obedience of Christ. He doesn't tell you to do things you can't do. He's not like that. I mean, you know, you don't tell your kids to do things they can't do. And really, our belief systems aren't rooted in truth. A lot of times, they're rooted in past experience. And here's a lie. 
Your past experience is truth. If it doesn't line up with scripture, I don't care what your past experience is. I mean, think about little kids. If they relied on past experience, they'd never walk or talk. Right? And when they get up and they start to walk and they fall down a little bit, we're all like, yeah, look at them go! But if we fall down, we think God's all... One of the things I, I heard um, when I was hearing them preach was there's no joy in religion because religion is about perfection. And as a result, there's no joy in religious places because nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But if you celebrate the victories, yeah. like when, when your kid, child is learning to walk and they fall down, you know, like, oh, you know what? You should never have tried that. What are you doing? You can't walk. No. We're like, okay, come on. Stand up. Come to mommy. Come on. Stand up. God celebrates our victories. We need to celebrate our victories. We need to celebrate how many times we were victorious, not how many times we screwed up. And as we celebrate our victories, we gain, we get, it's like a momentum thing, right? Like you're the little baby when they're walking and you're cheering them on. They're like, I mean, they keep going because they're like, yeah! They hear you cheering them on. And the truth is, all of heaven is cheering you on. Right Right now, every day. When you get up, and you do something, and you step out in a new way that you've never done before, heaven is cheering. When you, when you encourage somebody at Wegmans, and you, you feel like you've stumbled all over yourself, and that didn't work out well, and heaven's going, they did it! Yay! Not, we should have sent somebody else. They really messed that one up. <laughs> Think about that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, think about the people that God, we have proof God is not looking for perfection. All through the scripture. I mean, really. It's like Moses is like trying to talk him out of, don't pick me, I can't talk, I'm just, I killed a guy. Did you not see that? Look at Peter. I mean, I don't know if he would be anybody's pick list for hiring. But he chose Peter. And we all look at Peter falling in, right? You read that story, and we're all like, you know, 
Oh, he's walking on the water. Then he took his eyes off Jesus and boom. Heaven's going, he walked on the water. He got out of the boat. Whoa, that is awesome. We got one. We got one. So the two things that I've been doing is I've been laughing at lies and I've been declaring truth. I am a daughter of the King of Kings. I am loved. I am accepted. God is good. You know, we see, we see sometimes that we do these things, but they tend to be reactionary. We look at praise and worship as a reaction kind of thing. But you know what? Sometimes praise and worship is you just do it because it's true. You declare who God is because it's true, not because you're having a really wonderful experience at the moment. And the truth is, if we were to be more proactive and we were to say, I'm declaring truth and I'm, I'm going to worship right now even though I don't feel it. But we're, we're such a feeling-oriented society. And, and feelings can be the biggest lie out there. Because if your feelings aren't lying, lying up with the truth, it doesn't mean you're not having them. I'm not telling you that. You're having them. But the mere fact that you're having them doesn't validate your experience. We need to declare truth over our lives. What, is, what does a new life look like? We are forgiven. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 1.7. We are righteousness. We just aren't righteous. We are righteousness. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now there's a trade-off. <laughs> we really made out great. That is 2 Corinthians 5.21. Ephesians 5.1 and 2 says we are loved. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We belong. You know, you, you run into people every day. They just want to belong. Right. We belong. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Now, I, I want to mention something. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passive, um, passions and desires. It doesn't mean that they're out there, you know, we're going to nail lust to the tree. It means we have been crucified with Christ. All that old stuff was crucified. And now we are risen in new life. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. These are all things I really get excited about. 
1 John 3, 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is because it does not know him. We are free. <laughs> Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. We are free. We are free. We are healed. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might, be, we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Yes. We are healed. You. you don't really believe what Jesus says about you? It means we have to let go of a lot of stuff. And sometimes letting go of that stuff is really, really uncomfortable. And it's not even the real stuff. It's just, it's just lies that you're believing. Because we, we were crucified with Christ. We were buried. I mean, you know, next week you're going to be doing baptisms. That's what that's all about. Right. It is a physical act that we do that demonstrates... What's really happened? It's a visual to show us that we were buried and we were risen in newness of life. New life, as in not the old life. New life. New life, new rules. New life. And the, and the new rules are really basically easy. Love one another. Okay, next. We, a new life. And we really are healed. <laughs> we really are healed. And let me tell you, it is important for us to take territory... Because the next generation needs to go further and experience what new life really looks like. We don't have the luxury, which I don't understand even that, because it's not very luxurious to live on a lie. But we don't have the luxury of just doing it the way we've always done it. Because the generations coming up behind us, the more territory we take, the farther they're ahead and the farther along they will be. I'm always reminded of centuries ago, back when George MacDonald and, and, and the, those guys got saved. You know, they would pray for days. They would pray for days before they had the assurance of salvation. I can't remember one of them was like two weeks or something. Now, when you lead someone to the Lord, there's that assurance right there. And we tell them, 
Why? We tell them with confidence, you're going to pray and everything changes. And why do we tell them that? Because we believe that. You know, there was a time when you would pray and people would go forward to altar call and altar call and altar call to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Guess what? Today you pray and bam! Why? Because we believe. It's territory taken. We believe. It's territory taken. When you lead someone to the Lord, do you say to them, guess what? Now you don't have to be sick. And now there's three quarters of the room that wants me to stop. (laughs) Guess what? That's true. Because that's part of the part of the package, part of the deal, part of what Jesus, I mean, like, you know, if he had just gone to the cross and died, your sins would be forgiven. You know, he didn't have to get that beating. And it was horrendous. It was a horrendous beating. But he did. Why did he do it? He did it so that we could be healed. (laughs) Oh, God, you are so good. Wow. The beating was so that you could be healed. Wow. And so, yeah, that's a bold statement. But see, we need to take territory. We need to take territory. We need to declare truth. We need to not be satisfied with the status quo because we are resurrected believers living a new life. The old is gone, the new has come. And when the enemy comes in and says, you can't be healed, (laughs) Uh, yes, I can. (laughs) Because Jesus took care of that for me. And now that I'm resurrected with Christ, I don't have to, I, I, there's no guilt or shame. Amen. He had to rise up so that we could live in newness of life. So that we could have the power to live a resurrected life. The same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in us and gives life to our mortal bodies. The mere fact that I house the king of the universe oh my goodness I mean he's the very life giver In Luke 2.10, when Jesus was being announced to the earth, it said, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. (laughs) Good news that will cause great joy. We should be the happiest people on the planet. 
the happy ones that are so happy they're annoying. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, sometimes people, you know, especially that religious spirit thing, it's like, well, you, you know, you can't laugh. You know, because if you laugh, it just means you don't get how bad it is. You're not grown up. You're not, I mean, do you know the world we live in? It's very bad. Do you know the people I work with? I can't be joyful around them. They, they just suck joy right out of the room. <laughs> we point around us to our circumstance. And we say, we can't, we can't be joyful, happy people. Oh, yes, you can. Because your circumstance changes by the minute. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he lives inside of you. And the good news that you can live a resurrected life doesn't change ever. That you died and were buried and resurrected with Christ is the same every day. It's truth worth laughing about, worth rejoicing about. Do, do I have days? Oh, yes, trust me. I've had to shut my door at work. I have an office. Shut my door and just make, I just intentionally laugh. Because if I didn't, I'd cry. But I, to laugh because I am not subject to my circumstances. I am subject to one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah told us, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, since when does he get a better deal than me? I mean, he didn't even have Jesus living in him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You feel a little weak or wobbly? The joy of the Lord is your strength. We have a new life. We are resurrected. Today is our resurrection day. Not just Jesus' resurrection day. We have been resurrected to newness of life. <laughs> it's good. We have new DNA. We don't have to perform to become. We just have to release who we are. (laughs) Oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. So... As I end this, I'm going to do something that will probably make a lot of you uncomfortable. But I just think we should do this. It's Resurrection Day, and I think we should laugh. And maybe some of you don't know how to laugh unless somebody tells a joke, but well, here we go.
God. He is risen. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Whoa. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. <laughs> Guess what? Sometimes people say, you know, I don't want to laugh because it feels fake. Guess what? It's not fake. It's just like if you went to the gym for the very, very first time, you've never worked out ever, and you, pick, you try to pick up 50 pounds, you're like, is that fake? <laughs> it's not fake. It just means you need to work out. You have a muscle you haven't used. So you start out with a little, and you get more, and then you're picking up that weight. The first time you picked it up, was that fake? That was not fake. That was an unused muscle. Laughing is a muscle you need to exercise. It's good for your, it says laughter is good medicine. So, you know, you look at me and say, oh, that's, it's not fake. Your laughter muscle just might be a little rusty. (laughs) So you might need to work it out a bit. Because the longer you do, the more you get to do it. (laughs) 